Well, good morning, church. Probably wondering, what's that guy doing up there? Yeah, who said amen? Is that Michael Cole that said that? <laughs> no, this was pre-planned. Um, I guess I was the odd man out with Chris and uh, Karen gone to Germany for the missions conference. What wasn't planned, of course, was Chris's father having a heart attack. Uh, Chris and Karen are trying to return. I think they're on their way back and hopefully will return um, sometime tonight so they can be with uh, him tomorrow for his surgery. So uh, keep them in your prayers, Chris and his family. And uh, let's just pray that uh, uh, his father makes a full recovery. Why don't you join me in prayer now? <clears throat> father in heaven, we thank you for hearing us. Father, our simple prayer this morning is is for the Benjamin family, for Chris's father and our brother Gerald, for his surgery tomorrow, that it would be successful, that his ailment will be uh, fixed, that he can enjoy a complete recovery. For Chris and Karen, for their uh, traveling uh, mercies, uh, keep them safe. And for the entire Benjamin family, a, tired, a time of anxiousness and, and concern, we just pray you would surround them with your presence. Help them to feel, <clears throat> feel your presence and know that you're with them. Bless those who are involved in the care. Give them the skill and the ability to, to successfully treat him. Uh, again, Father, thank you for being with us. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for everyone here this morning. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. So, we've all been there, haven't we? Asked to do something we just don't want to do. Maybe we've been asked to fill a vacancy at work, but that vacancy is somewhere across the country and you need to go for six months. Or maybe new regulations, federal or state regulations, have made your job as a teacher or other employee very difficult. Maybe changes in building codes or something like that has made your remodel or, or changing uh, in, uh, laws have had made some project of yours uh, difficult. Maybe you're someone like Shaquille O'Neal and a reality show has said, we would like you to go swim with a bunch of sharks. But in the end, sometimes we may not want to do it, and we may object to it, but in the end, over our protests, reluctantly, maybe kicking and screaming, we do it. Sometimes we face circumstances, and, and sometimes we face events that simply require us to do something we don't want to do. You know, People in, in pain, they suffer from emotional and physical scars. Jesus encountered people in pain all the time. In uh, Matthew chapter 8, you had uh, a person with leprosy and you had the centurion servant. They were desperate. They were desperate. So was an Old Testament character named Naaman. He was in need of healing. 
And he was healed in a very remarkable and very unusual way. But that way and that healing changed his life forever. I once read a story about a girl named Dorothy. And one day, her first day in speech class, the teacher went around the room and he said, all right, introduce yourselves and tell us one thing about yourself that you like and what I also don't like about myself. Nearly hiding in the back of the room was Dorothy. And her long red hair obscured her face, almost obscuring it from view. And when it came Dorothy's time, there was only silence. So the teacher thought maybe she didn't hear the question. So he moved his chair over beside her and gently asked the question again. Again, silence. Then finally, with a deep sigh, Dorothy, she sat up in her chair and she pulled back her hair and she revealed a very large, irregular birthmark covered about half of her face. And she said, that should show you what I don't like about myself. She was a young lady devastated by this unsightly birthmark and she was desperate for a meaningful touch. So was Naaman. If you'd like to, you can read along with me or simply listen, but 2 Kings chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands of raiders had, from Aram had gone out and they had taken captive a young girl from Israel and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went to the master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means go, the king of Aram replied. I'll even send a letter to the king of Israel with you. So Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, 10 sets of clothing. The letter he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me? When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots, and he stopped at the door, door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger and said to him, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away, went away angry and said, I thought that he would have surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage 
Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and he dipped himself seven times in the Jordan River, as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and he became clean like that of a young boy. Then Naaman and all of his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and he said, Now I know there is no God in all the world except in Israel. You know, I've heard this story, read this story even from a, from a young age. But it wasn't until just a few years ago that I understood the true meaning. I mean, it's always been an odd story. Leprosy. I mean, not to make light of it, but I've, I've never known nor ever seen anyone with leprosy. I understand some translations may use uh, this phrase, uh, other, uh, variety of skin diseases, maybe including leprosy. But that's not the point. And I'll defer to the physicians in the audience, but it's my understanding that leprosy is treatable and curable with antibiotics. It can cause serious health concerns if not uh, treated. And besides humans, the only other animal that carries, carries um, this disease is the armadillo, I believe. So be careful if you have a pet armadillo. But in those days, it was a big deal. In many cases, it was fatal. There were really no treatments. It was the epidemic of their day. And it was shameful. It was shameful to have. And worst of all, it sentenced that person who had it to a life of uncleanness. Lepers were isolated and humiliated. They were outcasts. The original untouchables. Leviticus 13 verse 45 says, Anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of their face, and cry out, Unclean, unclean. To us, it's a treatable illness. To them, it was a life of separation. And I used to think this was a simple story of, of God healing someone who needed to be healed. But there's much more to it than that. So who is Naaman? He's the commander of the Syrian army, the king of Aram's army. He's the equivalent to our commander of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the highest-ranking officer in the military. It's like uh, Norman Schwarzkopf and Colin Powell, those guys. The, he was the top officer in the army. Very prominent, powerful, a warrior, a valiant soldier, highly regarded, highly regarded by the king. But, three-letter conjunction, Small word that changes everything. But he had leprosy. He could think about all of his accomplishments. He could think about all of his power and enjoy his power and his position and his prestige. He could admire his home and his wealth. 
for they all seemed to vanish when he stared in the mirror and looked at something staring back at him that defined his life. He was a leper and nothing that he could do could change that fact. Lepers were considered physically and religiously unclean. The problem was that Naaman and many others were also spiritually unclean. Leprosy was the most feared disease of that day. Extremely contagious. Incurable. In its worst forms, it led to death. Now granted, probably in this instant, Naaman's leprosy was in its infant stage, or maybe it was a mild form of it. But he couldn't cover it up. His clothing wouldn't cover it. While people treated him respectfully, nobody could or would touch him. And this lack of acceptance probably hurt him deeply. Now, I do think the, the king of Israel's response is, is somewhat funny. You know, the king of Israel, our king of Aram says, I'm sending my, uh, this good man to you. He's the commander of my army, the, the top officer in my army, and I'm sending him to you, and I want you to heal him of his leprosy. And the king of Israel said, really, are you kidding me? What are you trying to do to me? Heal leprosy? Until Elisha says, let God handle this. But he's unclean more than one single way. With Naaman, there's a physical and a spiritual aspect to this story. With all of his power and his prestige and his position, he's still separated from everybody else. And only, only God can redeem him both physically and spiritually. We have to believe, just as Naaman finally had to believe, that God's way is better than our own way. We may not always understand his way of working, but when we humbly obey, we'll receive his blessings. God wants our obedience more than anything else. And he can use anything and anyone to accomplish his purposes. So how does this speak to us today? I mean, you know, this is thousands of years ago, centuries ago, a disease that really you only read about in the Bible. All this strange stuff going on, unclean, unclean, you can't touch them. Does that speak to us today? Yeah, just as then there are today many who are spiritually unclean. Naaman is, is, is simply not being singled out just to single him out. He represents a broader spectrum. This idea that, that, that uh, something that a person does or, or, or affects a person separates them from God, the only one that can redeem them is God. And what about his arrogance? His arrogance exceeded his need at first. My way, not God's way. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to eat his vegetables. He didn't want to do what God wanted him to do. I mean, in his view, Israel was a conquered nation. They were a second-rate, 
third world country. And what did it have to offer? Militarily, it didn't present much of a threat anymore. But spiritually, it provided his refuge. So what does he do? What, where does he go to find help? Well, in a word, he goes down. He looks downward, so to speak. So let's retrace his downward descent. You have commander-in-chief, top officer in the army, receives instructions from a slave girl to go to a conquered, forsaken Israel, to a lowly prophet that lives in the, the armpit of a second-rate third world country who gives him instructions to go to a dirty, dingy river and bathe not once or twice, but seven times. And I'm sure Naaman continued to doubt when he entered the Jordan. And he came up still a leper. But God reminded him when the Lord says, seven, six will not do. The sixth time he came back up a leper. Seventh time he came back up cleansed. God may be asking some of us to dip seven times. Humility leads to obedience. And a humble person makes no claims on God, but know that God has claims for him or her. When God asks for seven times... We don't need to try to get by with four or five or six. God wants us to go the distance. So will we? God's not trying to tie conditions to his healing. But God is saying to him, I'm here if you want me. When you want to do it my way. And he seeks a quick and easy solution. Come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord. Wave your hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Doesn't that sum up our society today? How many products are marketed as something that is quick and easy? And what about the importance of good counsel? Naaman had good counsel. His servants had said, just do it. If he had asked you to do something hard, that would be one thing. But all he's asking you to do is go dip seven times in the river. Just do it. What, what are you thinking? He had good counsel. Do you have someone like that? Someone who's going to give you good and right and solid counsel. Good spiritual counsel. We need people in our lives who will look past our haughtiness at times and see our hurts. We need people who are humble, who will look in our lives and who look past us, who look past our job titles and our, our, our bank accounts and our cars and our houses and see our loneliness and our needs and our hurts. We need people who will touch us just at the point of our need. We need people who will call our problems like they see them. And we need people who will see us, see our blind spots. We need people in our lives who will love us enough to not let us make stupid mistakes. 
healing finally occurs for Naaman when his uncleanness is washed away. Notice the contrast in his, his journey. Naaman, the commander-in-chief, the mighty warrior, finds direction from a captured little servant girl. Naaman, the conqueror, finds help in a conquered nation, Israel. Naaman, the highly regarded man, learns of his treatment from a lowly prophet, Elisha. Naaman, the wealthy and valiant soldier, is cured in a dirty river, the Jordan River. Now, admittedly, this can all leave us asking, why? Why not just heal him? Like Naaman said, just speak the words and heal him. Won't that do? I mean, that will demonstrate God's power. And why that river? I agree with Naaman. Why that river? Aren't there more convenient places where Naaman could have gone? And why dip seven times? Why not once? Wouldn't that have demonstrated God's power? I mean, how many that you know of can say go dip in the Arkansas River and be cured once? Wouldn't that be enough to say, hey, this is from God? Wouldn't dipping once accomplish the same purpose? Why was someone who was born unclean, a Syrian, a non-Jew, a Gentile, not one of God's chosen people, why would he be the subject of healing and cleansing? Why not someone from Israel? Well, there's been all kinds of speculation and, and so-called answers to these questions like, well, the number of seven is identified with something being finished or complete. Or maybe the Jordan River, uh, Naaman was told to go there because that is the river that Jesus would be baptized in. Or maybe the non-Jewish person in this, in this instance, Naaman, represents those who are Gentiles, who are, cho who, who are people who will be chosen uh, by God's uh, impending acceptance of all, and so on. But I think there's a simpler answer. Because God's ways are not our ways, but following them can change one's life forever. And if someone like Naaman can have his uncleanness washed away, then so can we. I want you to know that just because you may have uncleanness in your life, and we've all had it at some point, it doesn't mean it can't be cleansed. It sure can. God can and he will. So you're desperate for healing. When we get desperate, we'll go to whatever links necessary to experience the touch and the feel and the grace of God it might even involve God telling us to humble ourselves by washing in a dirty river seven times but with God's ways and not our ways 
can change our lives forever. This morning, if you're here, if we can help you in any way, there'll be elders down front, there'll be elders in room 100. If you need to have your uncleanness washed away and begin your walk with with God today, you can. If you need uh, the prayers of uh, any of the uh, elders or if we can help you in any way, you can come right now while we stand.